Welcome to episode four of our second series of Sharing Social, the monthly show that connects the people behind the hashtags with content, ideas, and insights. This is our last show for series two while we take a break for Christmas and look for 2022 for our next series. Sharing Social started off as an in-person event, moved to virtual and evolved into a podcast that launched at the start of 2021. If you listened to our last episode, you'll have heard Ross Middleham, content and social lead at the Met Office, bring a ray of sunshine to our podcast, sharing us with the facts on how they maintain engagement with their 1.6 million followers. And as with all our guests, was blown away with the insight and knowledge that Ross shared with us. There was no doubt as to whether it would be a great interview. I'm going to stop with the puns now. I think that's probably enough for that. Um, Becca, what was your biggest takeaway from last month's episode? Um, I'm going to tell you with less weather puns, if that's okay. Um, I particularly liked hearing about the partnership between the Met Office and TikTok and how that caused an evolution in content and what the end result was. So now lots of um, the Met Office content is a mix of educational and entertainment. And I thought it was just really interesting to find out about how that had come about. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was genuinely interesting too. And you can listen to the last episode on Spotify or Apple now, or head over to sharingsocial.co.uk for all the previous episodes from this and the previous series. This series is a collaboration between digital marketing agency Base Creative and social media platform ContentCal. Each show we bring on a very special guest to share their knowledge and insight too. My name is Ian, I'm founder of Base Creative and I'm with Becca who works with me as a social media consultant. And we've got founder of ContentCal, Andy Lambert joining us too. I'm also super excited to announce we've got director of social media and advocacy at Ericsson Anita Vaselli on the show today will be joining us live from Sweden. Anita will be sharing her views on social media and among other things, be sharing her insights into social listening because that's the theme of today's show. We'll be deep diving into social listening. Is it important? How should we use it effectively? And what are the challenges we face when managing it? That and more coming up on Sharing Social Podcast. Andy, let me bring you in here talking about listening but probably of a different kind i've been listening to your tiktok account and i've seen you've amassed all of 18 followers so far which (laughs) is well above double from last month one thing i think it's missing because i do love your social media news and updates one thing i think it might be missing music have you ever considered wrapping your updates oh it's uh, it's an interesting one. Rap wouldn't be my personal preference, but uh, prior to doing this thing at Content Cal, I was a professional musician, so I probably should do something like that. So that that might be one for another podcast episode. Wow, I, I did not know that. Um, Anita, I'd like to ask you some questions. Are you are you on TikTok? Do you have a TikTok account? I do have, but I'm just using it for stalking. <laughs> you can head over to I think it was Andy R Lambert if you want to stalk. <laughs> soon he will have 19 followers yes (laughs) (laughs) love it love it um yeah as as Ian's already said like yeah really really pleased you're able to to join us because um I I reached out to you because the first time we met was at a digiconf I think earlier this year which seems like a lifetime ago already right right isn't it yeah I know and um 
I think you you were on a panel um, with a former guest that we had on a couple of episodes away, um, Nada from IBM. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really pleased we we can bring you on because you've got some interesting perspectives, and we're going to get into social listening. But I think let's kind of start with going a bit deeper into your role and the evolution of both your role and also the evolution of the culture of uh, Ericsson as well, because maybe not everyone's familiar with Ericsson as a brand as well and what Ericsson does. And I'm really interested in diving into how Ericsson, which is a very business to business orientated organization, has become social first as well. So, yeah, that's a big question to start with. But yeah, take it away, Anita. All right. Thank you so much for having me. And um... As, uh, within Ericsson, my role uh, in social media is really the full scope of social. So it's the governance, um, social listening, uh, organic architecture, paid social governance, employee advocacy, influencer marketing, social media security, intelligence, social listening and analytics. So it's um, uh, I never have a dual moment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly by the sounds of it. And. Like where where did your role start 13 years ago? Oh my god, 13 years ago when I joined Ericsson, uh, I started as a marketing and communication professional. And actually I started in Hungary. Then I took over different roles um, and I moved to Sweden, I think 10 years ago when uh, I was on a short-term assignment and then um, somehow they convinced me to stay and that's how it started. So I've been working across different uh, marketing and communication PR roles from uh, influencer um, or an analyst relations, stock exchange communication, PR, marketing, integrated comms, pretty much whatever you can imagine. But I always had a passion for social media. And uh, when I started, it was no proper education for social media. So you just learned on the go um, and starting up social media accounts and, and how the evolution uh, has been. It has been a really, really interesting journey. So, yeah, talk to us about that journey, because 13 years ago, 2008, really social is was fairly burgeoning back then um, and certainly way in front of organisations using it, certainly from a B2C capacity, let alone B2B. So how was there any kind of real kind of changing point where social became more of an important and critical factor to Ericsson's go to market? I think absolutely. Uh, I remember when... um... The global social media team, it was one person uh, and it was like really, really challenging just uh, planning around the, the, the content calendar with social accounts uh, to open. And, and sometimes social media accounts were just like popping up. And uh, that time I was joining uh, that team and 13 years ago or 10 years ago when I started um, uh, at the Swedish office at the headquarters, that's when I created the first ever social media policy for all of our employees. It seems like, you know, 100 years ago, because now it's just like a must to have. But that was something that uh, we developed quite early. And um, I think it was quite early when we also started to think about that, what is the architecture that we should have and how trusted branded accounts are and how difficult it is to maintain them and really start to invest in employee advocacy where we started our journey nine years ago. Interesting so so talk to us a little bit about the architecture so where it sits today is it 
just a set of corporate accounts across what channels and then is the focus more around employee advocacy yeah talk to us about like where the focus is and how that overall architecture sits Absolutely. So we have a, a strategy, which um, is uh, a social media overall strategy for the organization. And we want to become a social business by 2025. And that requires uh, a social media transformation. So that is something that we are driving. And uh, the strategic choices that we are making is really to work more and more with our employees as uh, thought leaders. How do we have the employee advocacy program, our social leadership program, social selling, uh, how our experts can become influencers or thought leaders and really be part of the conversations around certain topics, uh, whatever is relevant to the business, but also of course, whatever is relevant and uh, for them and they are passionate about. So the social architecture I already mentioned, and I think uh, Ericsson is uh, pretty much similar to all other brands, where it is really difficult or historically, your account architecture was just there and employees or colleagues thought that I just need this Twitter channel or whatever. And they were just popping up like mushrooms. And it is just like, you know, after the rain, and it's just like, oh my God, there's another one. Or just like really employees because there's no governance. They are not aware that, well, you shouldn't be opening up an Ericsson branded social media account or anything else because you cannot, you don't have the right skill sets. And how does it also affect the brand or the, uh, the customers or anyone, it can be confusing which accounts to follow. So that uh, I think it's quite a bit of a headache, not just uh, for most of the social media teams and most of the companies whenever it's big. Um, so I think in the last two years, uh, we closed down almost 200 oh, wow. social accounts. So that's, uh, that was the real wild, wild west. Yeah, absolutely. So so now is it just one set of like corporate accounts, like one Facebook, one Twitter, et cetera, not regionalized, they are kind of centralized? So that is something that we are working on the actual strategy. What um what is the best way moving forward? You can have different concepts. So that is something that uh, we are working through. Um, currently, what we have is on Facebook, we have uh, several ones. Uh, we are moving towards to the global Facebook uh, pages set up just to monitor and for security and, and compliance reasons. Yeah. On Twitter, we have quite a few. Um, sometimes uh, Some of them are like business areas or market areas. Um, on LinkedIn strategy, we have one. Mm -hmm. uh, account and we have uh, the showcase pages but that is something that we uh, want to keep and not to change and it has been working really well and Instagram is also something that we are working through what is the best setup um, and we are also working with the, the YouTube transformation so it's quite a lot to to work on <laughs> and get agreement. This goes to show like irrespective of the size of the organization it's always an ever-evolving beast isn't it the world of social absolutely media. you're never finished with no. the strategies that are fascinating so so after all of that growth and all that development over the last 13 years you've amassed something like two and a half million followers across multiple channels so for out of those channels that you mentioned which are the ones that you see most success from I think it depends towards which audiences. Um, and uh, I think it's also like how it evolves. We know that journalists, analysts uh, are really on Twitter. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there are different audiences where we can have better discussions on, on LinkedIn. Uh, on Facebook, most of the time is, is, is still our uh, employees, but we know that in certain countries, actually journalists use Facebook more than Twitter. So it's really accommodating and, and knowing where your audience is and what is the best strategy or platform. Uh, besides where they are, it's also how they are joining that platform because we know that whenever we go on Facebook, we have a different, totally different expectation or user behavior than when we go for, for Twitter or LinkedIn or, or Instagram or TikTok or wherever we go. It, it's just uh, how we set it up and what we would like to see from brands uh, is totally different. So each, is it fair to say that each platform has a totally different purpose for what it's trying to serve within Ericsson? So whether it's analyst engagement, whether it's more sales prospecting engagement, each platform has its own unique purpose, right? Yes. Okay. So if we then think more broadly, because one thing I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of was understanding Ericsson's overall goal and ambition within social media. What's the kind of guiding principle of what you're trying to do and the main objectives you're trying to achieve? Uh, I think we, let's look at social media as, as a, as a whole, holistic approach. I think the most important thing is that we want to be, be part of discussions. We want to be seen in the, the, the 5G, uh, the edge computing, the future of work, where, what, what is our future? What is the imagined possible? Um, and how can we get there? So that's when you really create that strategy that, okay, organic um, strategy is that we want to get engagement. How can we be part of that conversation? But again, uh, following up on that one, our employees, um, whether they are executive sales teams or experts, they have a lot better chance to actually be part of those conversations because it's just like so much more natural than you and me are talking. And then there would be a, a brand joining like, hey, Andy, hey, Anita, this is what I think is it, it, just like... <laughs> Not authentic at all, but when we have that conversation and, and another uh, person joins the conversation, or uh, Ian or Rebecca, Rebecca, that is just like so much more fun than a branded corporate messaging. And of course, paid social has its parts. That's when you are really targeted. You know who you want to reach, in which country, what is their behavior, and of course, the influencer community, because they are the ones who are also helping us to be part of those discussions. So for me, social is never an easy thing to grasp because so many companies still believe that social is the channel. And for me, social is so much more than that. And it's not only owned by marketing, um, because I think that's uh, it shouldn't be just marketing. It should be really, really embedded into each and every function at the organization. That's amazing. Yeah. Amen to that, basically. Um, <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're done with the podcast. <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, so, so with that, can it, it, I'm interested to know whether there's like a bias between where your focus is, because we spoke about like your branded channels, the corporate channels, the employee advocacy and influencers and also paid, you know, in terms of like either budget or focus, whichever way you want to think about answering this question, where would you say most of your attention goes to and where do you say you would see biggest opportunity out with those kind of main things that you're doing at the moment? Well, since we are driving the transformation, we need to focus on each and every one of them because for, for the organic social architecture and how we work with it, um, 
on a global level, how advanced uh, or mature each of our local teams are, we really need to put a focus there to ensure that whatever we talk about as a brand, locally or globally, it makes sense to the audiences, how it can be audience-centric. Whatever content we create has a social approach that social media uh, or a social strategist is brought into from the beginning, shaping that strategy, creating content with a social first mindset. So that's something that we need to focus on. And that's kind of like the, the basic level where um, uh, we need to be just like top notch or that's the, the aim that we would like to do. Um, but the biggest effort where I see growth and uh, I'm really advocating uh, within the organization that it's not just me or the global team, but each and every one of them should focus a lot more on executive spokespeople, experts, sales teams, because that is really the future that also requires change not just from social media, but really that transformation and the behavior that people actually feel comfortable being on social, using it either for learning, networking, connecting, um, and ultimately really connecting it back to the business. Really, really interesting. So final question before we move on onto the social listening part, because we could actually speak for about six hours, I think. Um, At least. So, but I'm, I'm kind of interested, though, because you mentioned that right from the start, the, the global social media team was one individual. So how big is the, the social media team that's trying to coordinate it, excluding obviously your influencers, ambassadors and, you know, your advocates? How big is the, the team that's managing it, the one that you're leading? Absolutely. Um, and, and actually, when I took over this role back in 2017, um, I already had a similar title and uh, the whole function was me, myself and I. Wow. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, and... And, and again, it, it sometimes people just thought that, okay, it's, it's managing the global social account, which again, is it can be a lot for just one person, but not the full scope. So um, that's when we started with a maturity assessment and really looking into that where Ericsson stands there. And back in 2017, we were on a tactical level. And now through the different programs and as the team grew by 2021, we are on the leading uh, position. So uh, this is why we, and now we could, with the help of the maturity assessments, we could actually make the case that this is the business and the social business, that's the ultimate goal that we want to be. So now the team uh, is a mix of full-time employees and also consultants, how we work. Uh, and uh, I think I should have counted it. Uh, I think we have around 10, 10 of us um, working uh, in the social media center of excellence. Nice, nice. And I, I love I love all the terminology that you're using, like social media center, center of excellence being like a social first organization um, and that maturity stuff as well. I'm a huge fan of, you know, looking introspectively at a business and trying to establish where you sit and where the gaps are. So yeah, absolutely love it. So talking actually about like looking more broadly and trying to establish where the gaps are, it kind of takes us quite nicely onto the social listening piece, which is a particular area of your expertise, Anita. So um, talk to me just more kind of generally, like the importance of social listening for those that potentially are listening that are listening in right now and not really <laughs> thinking about um, what it is and the opportunity. If you can lay it out for us, that would be a brilliant starter to this part of the combo. Absolutely. And uh, just to uh, be super honest, I'm not a social listening expert. 
but I have people in the team who are. Um, so <laughs> you won't judge me, Anita. The, the overall, the overall value of, of social listening is is what we need. This is this is not a test, so you're all Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't need to set up queries, right, and do yeah, the analysis. Good. Okay, you're all good. right. We won't be talking about Boolean searches. Don't you worry. So we're all good. I would need to ask for help. Yeah. Uh, team, come, can you come in? Um, I think it's, uh, it is really important to, to and how to start with, with social listening. Because, of course, again, just like with each and every program, you, you have different maturity levels. So I think it, um, every brand knew, and, and if they didn't know that social listening is super important, but in 2020 and 2021, it is just like outmost important. Like what are the, what were the conversations when the pandemic started and then the social unrest in the US, how your brand is listening and responding or is it totally out of touch? It, it is quite a key and uh, important element of, of being social and being relevant with, with your community. So the basic part is uh, obviously the monitoring. So you can set up uh, Twitter alerts, Google alerts, what is trending, um, uh, what the topics, to join and maybe topics to avoid, because I think it's it's also important to talk about social that so many things just shouldn't be talked about or not at the right time, because that's when it can totally go wrong. Uh, and then you can have uh, social listening tools, of course, uh, if, if you're a bigger brand and having a list, uh, first start with the dashboards and, and uh, receive information. But the ultimate one is really when you have a social listening, at least one social listening analyst, because tools are really great. Dashboards are really great to take a look at. But what the AI usually cannot really do is make sense of that data and really tell the story that what is the actionable insight that you are looking for and what marketing teams, sales teams or uh, even PR or other parts of the organization can can really use. So on that one, then, when when we think about social listening, um, what are the things you're listening for? I think the, the ultimate one where we need to have is the always on listening. So that's when it's the trends um, uh, where we can we need to understand that what are the top trends uh, driving the conversations. Obviously, brand mentions um, uh, we need to spot uh, early, uh, early on if there's a crisis coming up, for example, or an issue management, but we need to monitor. We know that if um, certain um, bigger events are happening um, in geopolitics, mm -hmm. what are the conversations that we want to listen to to inform even business decisions uh, early on? Uh, then, of course, whenever we go for events, now Mobile World Congress 2022 is coming up. We already have social listening set up. Uh, who are the ones? What is the sentiment conversations around the event? Uh, what are the key topics that, for example, the influencer community is really excited about the event? So those are the always on. And then we also have specific ones. Uh, whenever it comes to, uh, for example, talent attraction, I think it was a really good and non-traditional use of social listening that um, understanding, even though that you're looking for um, data scientists or um, software developers, what is the messaging that you need to use in specific countries? How Hungarian uh, market is different than the Swedish one? 
what is the key for in some of those countries, people want to join Ericsson or other companies because it's the latest tech that you're going to work on. In other countries, it's really how you treat your employees, that they don't want to um, be crying at the office. They don't want to be uh, dismissed, but they really want it to be treated as a human being. So what are those key highlights when you put out those job ads or, or recruitment is quite key. And that's how also listening can, can really really help um, not just the social team or marketing and communication. Yeah, I've never really considered it from from a um, from a recruitment perspective, actually. So that's, that's really interesting. Were there from your experience of, of social listening, have there been any other really interesting discoveries culturally, content wise, in addition to that you could think of? No worries if not. Oh, that's a that's a good question. I think that uh, sometimes, you know, this was the, the latest one and it was like really, really interesting. Uh, I think that there are different conversations um, and, and I think it was also really interesting to um, the other one uh, around 5G factory or the, the automated factories. Um, we were looking into, uh, because Ericsson opened up its own uh, 5G factory during the pandemic. So there has been like a lot of stories what we weren't really able to tell and there's so much to do because uh, we think that onboarding people uh, through virtual reality is something that for the future, but actually we have been doing that during the pandemic, that's how we onboarded people. And it actually, for me, it was mind blowing. It was like, really, we did that. That's just like amazing. And uh, but many of the conversations around automation or like driverless buses or uh, automated factories is that people are losing their job. Mm -hmm. So how can we avoid those conversations and really focus on? But actually, it doesn't necessarily mean that. But for people who are going to work in the factories, how can you make the environment safer? Because those are also the discussions that people are worried about their loved ones. Are they safe in that environment? Not just because of the pandemic, but how to use the machines. So if you can take some of these insights from listening, then you can already set up your conversation messaging and your social first content in a lot better way than without these. And you don't have to answer questions what you don't want to answer or be part of those discussions that are not really driving your business success. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So it's really interesting to give yourself like a human lens through your marketing content, because, of course, when you're putting out content, you want to promote the things that you want to talk about in the business but then when you look at it through social listening or put it through a social listening filter you'll then think about it more from a human lens to think actually how is my message going to be received what are the cultural differences within each individual country which is yeah it's fascinating to get that perspective so outside of sentiment and certain event orientated listening activities and also those those cultural and regional differences as well are there specific metrics as well that you measure through through listening, like share of voice or like reach or anything like that, that you report back to the business? Absolutely. Um, share of voice, not just for the overall brand, uh, but we also have share of voice around certain topics. And nice. on top of the layer of just uh, share of voice, we also look at the influencer network maps um, because I, I think it's just like a really easy way to show executives that what is that because share of voice I mean they see a, a graph or a dashboard okay what what, what does it mean um but when you when you 
take a look at the network map that this is the topic this is where the brand is or some of our employees or experts this is where competitors are and this is the current snapshot and this is where we would like to go and based on all of these activities this is what we achieved it's a really super simple way to to really showcase it to to executives sentiment is always key um just for for brand health and of course then whenever we have separate programs or specific ones in marketing campaigns or, or around certain topics, then we also um, set up different ones. And um, I don't think it's uh, new to anyone. We also have social listening set up for competitors. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so that, that takes us quite nicely onto the final question before I hand back to Ian actually, which is like, how do you then take these learnings? Cause you already kind of alluded to it already, but like taking these learnings and sharing them to the executives within the business and the purpose of of sharing them that's what i'm interested to dive into in, a, in this final point is like how do you use that data to build your case as well for increasing investment in your team in different activities etc because i think a lot of people listening into this social media isn't perceived as strongly and as you know forward thinkingly if that's even a word as it is at ericsson right so there's there'll be a lot of social media folk listening to this thinking, oh, I wish my senior team invested in social or thought in the same way that clearly you and Ericsson do. So that's the kind of lens I'm thinking about this question through. Sorry, it's one of my very long questions, but hopefully it makes sense, Anita. It totally does. Um, I think it, it's always what I really like to do and what worked for me, uh, first of all, is this is where we are. This is uh, the, the maturity, and, and it can also be for listening or for, for, for other things. Uh, conveying the message that social is not just for kids or how it has been you know, 15 or 20 years ago, because people think that social is still new. It's, it's not at all. I mean, it, it has been there for 20 some years now. And is it going to stay? Most probably. Are they going to be the same platforms? We don't know. Um, but social as a, a platform that it, it's going to be there. I always like to, to start with small and uh, really set up or, or put maybe additional workload on myself or some of the team members um, to set up and, and, and share some of those insights uh, to really convince people or, or not to convince, but really to show them that how can they use that information. And when you provide that and the company or an executive uh, could actually act upon that one and could do a better messaging, a better business result, then, of course, you can show the, the carrots that, oh, actually, we could do more if we would have this and that and that. And imagine that this is what we can do. And this is the long term goal that we would like to build towards, too. But this is a small start. So we need to scale it up. Um, so for me, that's super important. And another tip that I like to give to, to others is um, depending on who, who's buying you need, if it's money, then you need to learn your, the language of your CFO. Mm. If it's your CMO, you also need to understand that what is on top of their mind. Is it security? Is it better relationships? Is it uh, collaboration? And use that information and knowledge to actually make your case because then ultimately you're going to succeed a lot faster mm, very very strong advice i love that anita thank you so much um so much insight. and um i'm going to hand back to to ian now but um yeah huge amount of value shared so thank you very much no thank you for having me
Uh, and thank you, Andy, for, for that. Thank you again, for Anita, for, for sharing your thoughts. A few things that really stuck out for me, um, probably like many of our listeners as well, learning about how big, or I should say small, the global social media team was. When you, when you joined 2017, it was, it was just you, is that right? Yeah, And then, it was just um, me. Just you, amazing. Uh, but now, you know, in combination of full-time and consultants, you've got around 10 people. I think it shows how, certainly now, how serious Ericsson are taking social. But we can also appreciate the time and the resources and the skill sets required to effectively and strategically run. Um, a quote that stood out for me as well, social isn't just owned by marketing. Um, you know, you mentioned it's intrinsic to, to every facet uh, of the business. And we were talking a bit more about employee advocacy at that point too. Um, and, and certainly on the social listening front, what you uh, and Ericsson listening out for, I found really insightful, um, using it for talent attraction as well. And you mentioned about you know, looking at the influencer network map, uh, reviewing sentiment analysis, and probably unsurprisingly, uh, but a great tip for us all, using social listening for competitor analysis. Let's find out what they are doing, what people think about, what people think about them. Um, uh, Anita, thank you for that. But there is more. I'm going to bring in Becca here who's curated some questions as well. Becca. I have a question. So you mentioned um, crisis management at one point, and I just wondered what steps you have in place or what you've had to maybe do in the past when you've seen um, negative comments come through from your social listening activity and what you do in that situation. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think most brands if they don't have a crisis protocol then they definitely need to start somewhere and and right now um because it's not a question that crisis is gonna happen but it's always like when and if you are not prepared then it's it's a huge problem what anyone needs to work through um so we have a crisis protocol in place and not just for social media but it was something that we also had to integrate with media relations uh when we say what is the analysis what are the different touch points is it an issue is it a crisis so how do you define each and every one of them because some of them might need a different approach than others uh and we in a team managed through that step-by-step protocol. And uh, of course you also need to practice. Uh, so if, if, if your crisis calm is, is just written down like somewhere five years ago, and it says that, oh, we meet in the war room, um, then just laugh uh, really hard and just update it that it's 2021 proof because I don't think that we can meet in the war room. <laughs> Um, so it's good to just dust it off and, and take a look and, and go through that. Make sure people know it actually exists. Yeah. Um, thank you. I also was going to ask about um, with any social listening activity that you do and the results of that, how that actually impacts your social media strategy going forward. Oh, that's a good question. And I think it's, um, it might seem that our social listening is like super mature. Uh, I, I, also, I, I really see that I think we need to step up our game uh, to be a lot better. And, and how, there's so many opportunities um, of what we can use um, social listening for. Uh, so, um, Rebecca, I forgot your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can, can we retake this one? Yes, yeah. So how um, the results of your social listening. Oh, how, is, how does it inform the, the strategy? Um, uh, I think it's, it's really the trends. What are shaping? Um, um, and what we see from social listening, that's where the, the strategy or probably the content strategy 
needs to be evolved. So when I look at the overall company-wide social media strategy, that is not necessarily impacted by social listening. But whenever it comes to the content marketing and, and, uh, uh, and the organic or for our experts or sales teams, uh, social listening and those insights really inform um, uh, their content decisions. Cool, thank you. And finally, um, could you give us a quick glimpse into what's kind of um, on the horizon for your social media strategy going into? Ooh, I think um, we are looking through that what has worked in 2021. Um, how can we work with the changes that what we really hope 2022 will bring is and it's something that we can have physical events and we can meet face to face and really working through that oh my god it was in 2019 when we could do that and that was the last time and what are the tactics that we used to use back then uh, working with events for example and we cannot use the same tactics um, and how do we develop a plan when we work with the hybrid environment, for example? How can we be, be prepared for that? How do we prepare just uh, our team is going to work together? And what, it, what will be the discussions that are going to happen in, in 2022? We know that in 2020, everyone was posting, oh, my God, I'm working from home. Uh, now it's kind of like the new norm. So what will be the behaviors that are driving or the changes in 2022? And how can we adapt uh, our social media strategy to, uh, to really be relevant and, and be part of those conversations? Fingers crossed for those in-person events. Right? <laughs> I think it would be great to have you back on the, uh, on the show, Anita, and, uh, and share what, what you, you know, how Ericsson has at that point adapted to the more hybrid way of working for events. I'd love to find out what, what the outcome of those discussions um, uh, were. So just a quick recap on what we've, uh, what we've shared today. We've learned how important social media listening is, not just for us individually, but also for attracting talent and spying on um, the importance of bringing employees into the mix you know, for effective message amplification, uh, and also how using social listening can be highly valuable for content and content direction too. You can get involved in our next series or ask questions for our next show. You can find us on the website sharingsocial.co.uk, on Twitter at sharesocialldn, and on Instagram at sharingsociallondon. Again, a big thank you to Anita from Ericsson for being on the show today and for sharing your thoughts. A quick reminder, how can people get in touch with you? Thank you for having me. And uh, as a social person, uh, first of all, you can follow my personal hashtag, which is uh, socialanita, hashtag socialanita. Uh, or you can find me uh, with my real name on Twitter, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. And I'm really happy to connect with anyone. And I'm always open to talk about social. Brilliant. I don't think anyone's shared their own hashtag before. Hashtag social Anita. Um, brilliant. Trending. <laughs> that is almost a wrap for the final episode of the second series of Sharing Social. We look forward to the new year. I also want to thank Andy Lambert from Content Cal, who's been our co-host for series two. Andy, it's been a pleasure collaborating with you. Have there been any standout moments from, from this series for you? Uh, too many to list. That's why I'm going to write them all up uh, by the end of the week. Um, but I think there's 
there's one thread that links the the last four conversations and it's it's really interesting because they're all very different organizations that we've we've spoken with over the last uh, four episodes and the the one thread that goes through it all is really culture as the the shift of those businesses to more social first embracing social even from uh, from kelsey from rb from a corp comms of a you know a very behind the scenes type of brand um the understanding from the executive teams is the importance of social once that's understood at the executive level it seems like the the power of social is unleashed yeah. and that's and i think that's probably the the main takeaway from this is that if we can change cultures at the the highest level of an organization then the true potential and power of social will be seen so um and that's why it's so good to hear from businesses like like ericsson and anita because you know when i hear a transformation social transformation plan and a real like hard and fast 2025 goal to get there fills me with joy so uh yeah thank you for sharing all of that yeah 100 agree um and you mentioned that um you know a couple of our other episodes for our listeners if you do want to hear nada alkutbi from ibm kelsey nebling from record or ross middleham from the met office share their insights into social media you can head back and listen to the series' previous episodes. But from Becca, Andy, Anita, and me, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next year.